0: I'd like to take just a few minutes and explain to you one more time uh, what Paul is driving at at Philippians um, and specifically Philippians chapter 3, 1 through 11. Uh, and he what he's driving at here and is so powerful to understand this. He is driving at the rejoicing that only comes in the Lord. Now, I know that sounds simple, we should all know that. We should all get it. But remember, the gospel of grace is so counterintuitive to the natural mind that unbelievers can't grasp it at all, except apart from a, a work of grace. And yet, even those of us who are, have been objects of that work and have um, experienced the new birth so that we are in Christ now, uh, even we uh, have a temptation A consistent, ongoing, relentless temptation of the flesh, the world, and the devil to fall back to some kind of um, merit-based salvation. However minor or small that contribution of merit may appear, it's still merit. So grace is grace. Grace is either necessary and all-sufficient or it is not grace. The point I want to make here is that joy, genuine Christian joy, of which Paul speaks of over and over and over again, is tied to our understanding this principle. And that principle is this, that salvation is of an accomplished work on our behalf. There are only two religions in the world, one true, one false. And the gospel of Jesus Christ, of course, is grounded in the truth, incarnate and in scripture. And the truth is that the gospel is of a divine accomplishment on our behalf in his Son. The other is of human achievement. Again, no matter how small No matter how minor that contribution may seem, even if it's just you thinking that it's your faith that you added to the work of Christ that saved you, that's still looking upon faith as meritorious. So we have to understand that faith is a gift of God. Uh, We are enabled by grace to believe. So, the beginning point of joy is this. Finally, my brethren, he says, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. <clears throat> he says, Beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the false circumcision, for we are the true circumcision, who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. How much? A little? Some? Only what's necessary? None. None. Put no confidence in the flesh. Listen, Jesus said it this way in John chapter 3. That which is born of the flesh is what? Flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And so then Paul goes on to say, although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh. I mean, if you want to talk about fleshly um, contributions, I've got it. If anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more circumcised the eighth day of the nations of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. I doubt that any of us will ever have the credentials, the religious credentials outside of Christ that Paul had. He, he's saying Nobody reached the upper limits of, a, of religion, of human achievement, more than I did. I reached the heights of human achievement. And let's see what he says about it. But whatever things were gained to me, those I have counted a loss, as loss, for the sake of Christ. More than that. I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish. The King James says, Dung. Rubbish, so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, human achievement, but that which is true faith in Christ the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, divine accomplishment. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. End quote. So what is the beginning of joy in this brief little exhortation? It's three parts. First of all, we have to understand that we only find joy in the Lord. Finally, my brethren, he says, rejoice in the Lord. The implication being that it's only in the Lord that we find genuine Christian rejoicing. Not in ourselves, not in Jesus and in ourselves, but in Jesus alone. And we should have an intensely intolerant stance towards false teachers. Those who would draw us away from Christ and and put us back into a gospel of human achievement. Paul's language there is intense, isn't it? And we should be careful not to start acquiring religious credentials in our Christian life, that we will be tempted, trust me, you will be tempted, to start looking upon your religious credentials as the basis for you being in Christ, as the basis for your acceptance before God. So we have to count all things to be lost in the view of surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. So let me close with this now. He says all things more than that I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. We lose joy. What 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 it costs us when we try to have Jesus in one hand. In all our stuff, all of our own thinking, all of our self-willed actions, all of our questionable conducts, all of our little addictions, all of our little behaviors, all of our controlling ways, what it costs us is joy. Because the only path to joy is in a single-minded devotion to Jesus, whereby everything else, good, bad, and indifferent, morally good, indifferent, or bad, doesn't matter. All things have to take a second seat to Jesus Christ. In fact, not even a second seat, no seat at all. These things aren't allowed to even be in the auditorium. <laughs> They don't even have a ticket to get into our life. No, it's, it's, joy begins when we recognize that we rejoice in the Lord and in the Lord only. And we begin to have an intolerance for those who would teach us to draw us away from Christ. And we see things in our life that we're refusing to count as losses if it means that we know Christ better, that we are greater uh, in fellowship with him, a deeper, more conscious fellowship with him. So these, this is where joy begins. Joy begins here by counting everything, and that's all-inclusive, to be a loss, including human merit, human achievement, and all of our own personal stuff. Whatever your besetting sin is has to be counted as rubbish and set it aside for a single-minded devotion to Jesus Christ. A passionate, single-minded devotion to Jesus Christ is where joy begins. Amen.